you believe in something this morning? Why don't you believe in a church? Why don't you believe in the glory of dominion that God gave us the power to build a building on a hill that stands for something in the community? That we're not afraid to stand up for what we believe in and tell the lawmakers and the rulers in this nation and every other nation in the world, Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He's coming back and you better repent of your sins or you're going to answer for them. And God cares about this building and He cares about the churches that sprinkle the landscape of this nation. And if you go to Europe today, you'll see cathedral after cathedral that were beautiful and they're empty. And if we don't get right in this nation, that's going to happen. Look around you at the sloth. Look at the empty pews. Look at the big gaps. They didn't want to hear the truth. Believe in something today. Welcome to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Check out our website at beyondthewallsradio.com. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the sermon. John chapter 14, verse 2. In my Father's house. Now back up to verse 1. because The Lord spoke this to me this morning. And it's so, it's so neat to me. Because I'm, I, I, I tell you, I've got, I've, I'm having to, I have to carry a bunch on my shoulders right now. I really am. And I can't tell you everything that the Lord's dealing with me about, about this country and about what's coming. I just can't tell you. I'm, I'm, I'm carrying a load. And I'm trying to work through it, figure out what I'm supposed to say, what I'm not supposed to say. I'm carrying a load for the church. I'm very concerned about the church. I spent a good part of my Saturday on the phone with a pastor of one of the fastest growing churches in the country that was built on a user-friendly model that compromises the scriptures. And um, he had an epiphany from God, divine, divine moment in his life where God basically wouldn't let him sleep for many, many days and said, you will get in the pulpit and you will discuss politics or I'm not letting you ever go to sleep again. And so after three days, he said, oh, he said okay, fine, I'll, I'll do it. And so because God stepped into his life after he was against, he thought preachers should stay out of politics, don't talk about any of it. God dealt with him supernaturally and said, you will, you will do it. You are going to do it. You must do it. I am commanding it. You either do it or you don't sleep again. And when he repented, he said, I'm sorry. You're going to have to help me understand this in the Bible because I thought I wasn't supposed to do this. I will obey you. And he humbled himself and repented and he went right to sleep within 10 minutes. And he faithfully got up in his pulpit and began to obey God. Well, the church fired him. They kicked him out. They basically pulled that pastor. And this, this was a church of thousands of people. So, you know, let me just tell you something. They grow fast and they disappear just as fast. I'm just going to tell you, don't be unfaithful. Don't be one of those chip jumpers. Always thinks the grass is greener because you're just going to embarrass yourself. Don't do it doesn't last none of this stuff is going to last and so they pulled him in they said you, you stop talking about politics take your Facebook account down you're driving people away from Jesus by standing up for uh, against abortion and marriage you've embarrassed us you're hurting the church stop it you either stop it right now or you're not gonna be our pastor anymore 
And the preacher said to me, he said, when I was in high school, he said, I loved, I loved this girl. I just loved her. I loved her with all my heart. He said, I, I, it took years for me to heal because I loved her so much. I just thought I had to marry her. And she looked me in the eyes one day and she said, I don't love you. I don't love you. And he said, I, I've never been through pain like that until now. He said, I've built this church from nothing. I've been here for 20 years and it's a democratically run church. And I, you know, this is the real, this is my realization. He said, I pastored here for 20 years. I built this whole thing. And he said, they just looked at me and they said, we don't love you. Go away. And he said, now I have to sit back. And he said, I don't want, I don't want all my work. I don't want it to see it destroyed. But he said, they're wrong. They shouldn't have done this. He said, in about eight weeks, they're going to lock their doors. The, the church is gone. So all the people left. So I, I'm carrying a lot. I'm, I'm having to deal with a lot. You know, you've got to deal with the reality. Americans don't want real pastors. You don't want them. You don't want us. You don't want us. You want to criticize us. You want to talk bad about us when we're not in the room. We know what the church is like in this country. You're not in a good place with God. I'm saying this to the Church of America. Please don't take it personally unless you need to, unless you're a sinner and a rebel. Then you should because you're going to find out one way or another that you're wrong. But please know God's going to back me up. And God's going to back up my brother that just was punted out of the church and then he watched it fall within, within three months of his forced fire. That church is gone. They would have fired my dad 25 years ago if they could have had their way. You wouldn't even be sitting in this building. You wouldn't even be hearing the teaching you get if it had been up to sheep. That's wrong. Sheep are not there to tell shepherds what to do. So the great big hot thing in town, that great big huge church with all the, and I'm telling you, I went. Their music was fantastic. It was awesome. It's gone. It's done. Gone. Just like that. Because believe it or not, a real church exists as an extension of the anointing of the man of God called to preach in it. With all of our quirks, you don't have the grace. Only one man has the grace to pastor the church. It's the man God put in the pastorate at the church. You remove him, all the grace goes with him. You're not going to have it. It won't work. Why? Where does the grace come from? How does it get here? It comes from heaven and it comes through what? The apostle, the prophet, evangelist, pastors, and teachers. And, and, and to qualify that, they have to be what? Sent. By who? God. Reject them, you just cut off your pipeline. And it's breaking my heart. And he said, you know what? He said, uh, they fired me. And he said, I, I've been here since the beginning for 20 years. He said, I, I didn't get a severance package. I got nothing. I had seven days to go find a job and try to pay my bills. And so I'm sitting there listening to him. And I know, I know that would happen to you and me. Because this is where we're at in this country. We say we want leadership. But all you do is throw rocks at it. When you finally get it, you throw rocks at it. So pain is coming. We're not getting in the garden 
unless we do it the way Jesus says we have to do it. You were born outside the garden. You got to get back in there and there's an angel making sure you're not unless you do a couple of things. And I got a lot of heavy stuff. I, 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 I'm, I'm heavy, but I was driving in this morning and this is what I wanted to tell you. And I'm very careful. If you've gone to church here very long, you know I'm very careful when I say, thus saith the Lord. I'm very careful. You will not hear me say that all the time. And when I say, thus saith the Lord, you will not usually hear paragraphs. I don't ever want to take the name of the Lord in vain. I'm very concerned that a lot of charismatic preachers just, they scare me. They say, thus saith the Lord so much that I tremble for them because they are not being honest. But this morning I heard the Lord say this, and I'm going to try to say it exactly how he said it. I'm going to tell you that it's paraphrased because I don't even want to get one word wrong. I don't want to ever say anything wrong when God speaks. But here's what the Lord said to me when I was driving in the driveway this morning, coming up here, and I'm going to read you this verse. He knows what I'm carrying in my heart. And you know, that pastor is one of the most anointed, gifted preachers I have ever heard. Do you realize how profound it is for me to say that? I'm very picky. I don't enjoy a lot of preaching. I just don't. I just think, ah, come on. This guy is so gifted. They didn't want him. <laughs> Be gone. Stop talking about abortion. Stop talking about homosexuality. Stop talking about marriage. Cowards. They're cowards. They're not leading. They're not protecting the sheep. Can't even take a simple question and say the truth. America is in deep trouble and American Christians don't want true leadership. They don't want pastors. You don't want prophets, especially not prophets. Stone them, throw them in a well. They're mean. Nobody wants real fivefold ministry gifts. But I'm telling you something, God is backing us up. And I don't know how, but something glorious is coming out of that mistreatment of that man of God. And I prayed with him and we ministered to one, we cried on the phone, we wept. This stuff that goes on, these, these big poofy churches that pop up out of nowhere and they, they don't give anybody anything past a puddle's depth, they're not gonna last, there's no roots. When the wind blows, they're gone. I'll tell you, I don't know how long it's gonna take, but someday, really, someday, they're gonna be standing in line to get in here. And they're gonna wish that an usher would please just come unlock the door so they could get in here because they wanna hear the truth so bad. And, and so the Lord said this to me and I was pulling in and this is, this is coming through me. This is my pipe, it's me saying what I, what I heard the Holy Spirit say to me. It wasn't an audible voice, it wasn't like that. It's just, I just felt like God just said this to me in my heart loudly. It was the Holy Spirit just giving me thoughts. And I felt like the Lord said this, be very concerned, be very prepared, and do not be afraid. Be very concerned, be very prepared, do not be afraid. That's a good word. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm not afraid. I'm prepared and I'm concerned. And I believe that the Lord wanted me to share that with you. And now I want to read what the Lord already said. It's written down, John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, 
I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. And so we've got Jesus, the second Adam in Luke 18 telling us if and when you give up lands, houses, and your relatives for the sake of his, what? For the sake of his, let me say it a different way. If you'll give up your kingdom for the sake of his kingdom, it's just like David. You will get back a kingdom here and a kingdom there. That's my making it as simple as I can. That's Luke 18, 29 and 30. If you will give up your little kingdom, I'll give you a kingdom here and a kingdom there. And then we go here to John 14, 2, and Jesus says, listen to me. I'm leaving for a reason. I'm going to the kingdom to prepare a special place with your name on the mailbox. Now, here's the kicker, because you were born outside the garden, and I really want you to get back in. None of you are wise enough, fast enough, sharp enough, or tough enough to beat the angel with that flaming sword. The only way in is the way Jesus says, and now Jesus is going to tell you how to get in. Please turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Be concerned, be prepared, and do not be afraid. Matthew 6, verse 33. This is how you do it. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be ministered unto you. Now let's back up. Go up to, go back up to verse 24. I want to read this in context because the Lord said to me this morning, driving up here in the driveway, he said three simple things. Be prepared. Be very concerned. Do not be afraid. Verse 24, listen to me, sons and daughters of Adam, born outside the garden, listen to me carefully. No man can serve two masters, for either he shall hate the one and love the other, or else shall lean to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and riches. Listen to me, children born of Adam and Eve outside the garden, not allowed back in, except under strict circumstances. Therefore, I say unto you, verse 25, be not careful for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on is not life more than food and the body more than your clothes behold the fowls of the heaven for they sow not neither reap nor carry into the barns yet your heavenly father feedeth them are you not much better than they which of you by taking care is able to add one cubit to his stature and why care you for raiment and clothing learn how the lilies of the field do grow they are not wearied and neither spin wool. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today, 
and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not do much more unto you, O you of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all those things do the sons of Adam and Eve seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be ministered unto you. What things? All the food, all the clothes, all the houses, all the lands, all the brothers, all the sisters, it will come to you now in this time and in the kingdom to come. How do you do it? You take dominion on behalf of the kingdom by coming together into this sacred place and pooling your finances together in your tithes and your offerings. You're not being generous. It's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. You're not really giving. You're taking. You're taking dominion. When we come together, we're coming together to take dominion together. We were taking dominion in a movie theater last week. You know, I got tweets from all over the United States, people I don't know, saying, thank you for what you said. It inspired me. That's kind of neat. Wow. Who knew? We're taking dominion when we're publishing articles nationally and articulating a biblical worldview, confronting problems we're facing as people, as sinners in this nation. We're taking dominion when we do all these things, when we come together and we pool our strength together as the body of Christ in this church, we're not giving so much as we're taking. We're taking dominion together. You're listening to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Don't miss the conclusion of this sermon after these messages. Hello everyone, it's Pastor Kerry. You know, I remember a pivotal moment in American history and I sat and I watched this drama unfold in Florida concerning Terry Schiavo, who was this woman, she had gone on an extreme diet to lose weight and had lost consciousness. And the next thing you know, a few years later, they're literally euthanizing her in a nursing home. I was horrified when I watched that happen, and it set me into a journey to discover and answer some questions that are very important, especially in the field of the political world. Should Christians, for example, simply submit to the possible consequences of decisions, or should they make decisions exclusively based upon the Word of God? Now, that sounds simple to ask that question, and people flippantly answer it, but you'll find that the answer is very clear in the Bible, and it's also very troubling to modern Christians. Very few Christians truly live out the correct answer to that question. Well, I've put together a cartoon series. It's a whiteboard project where I teach you through some steps of logic and then had an artist in the church draw out the illustrations of what I'm trying to convey. It's really a remarkable thing, and it's free. All you have to do is go to the website to enjoy it, and I'll take you down the road of the journey I went on long ago answering that important question. Should Christians make decisions in life based exclusively on what God's Word says, or should they bow down to the threat of consequences? Because you realize sometimes when you make right decisions, there are very painful consequences. And here's where you need to go. I'll give you the website twice. Steps to politicalepiphany.com. 
That's steps to political epiphany.com. Please enjoy the presentation. It could really change your life. Thank you for listening and God bless. To Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Check out our website at beyondthewallsradio.com. Thank you for tuning in. Somebody say amen. And so tithing is taking dominion. It's not giving. Tithing is fulfilling your obligations and giving God back a tool he loaned to you. You're not being generous to give back something that was loaned to you. Generosity is what we do with one another. Generosity is when you care for each other's needs. It's when you're worried about your friends and you find out they're having a tough time. You take them groceries or you pay their mortgage for them one month or you take them out to dinner and buy a drink for them just to be nice or you send them a present on their birthday. Or You know, generosity is important, but that's just the beginning. The church has got to get beyond generosity. I mean, we've got a lot of people that can't even do that. Listen to me, we gotta, we gotta get serious about taking dominion. And I hope that you'll never forget this teaching and that you'll always look at your, your offerings and your tithes differently after this. You were born outside the garden, but you're in it, taking dominion on behalf of God instead of being just like Adam and Eve. Can you say amen? I want us to pray a prayer this morning. I think that we need to go to a prayer that Jesus prayed. I want you to remember that the Lord is saying, be prepared, be very concerned, but don't be afraid. And there's a prayer in the Bible that Jesus prayed. I don't think we always really understand. First of all, they call it the Lord's Prayer, and that's misleading. It's not really the Lord's Prayer. They asked him, how should we pray? So if you're going to title it, you should title it the People's Prayer. Because Jesus looks and he says, okay, this is what you need to pray. You need to understand. This is what you should be saying. So I don't know why we call it the Lord's Prayer. It ought to be called the people's prayer or the believer's prayer. But Jesus is showing us how we ought to pray and how we ought to see his design for this world, okay? Keep in mind that he said, if you give up your kingdom for the sake of my kingdom, I'll give you back a kingdom here and a kingdom there. And tithing... And offerings and the synergy that we have together when we're taking dominion together as the local church and as the body of Christ. That's us giving up our own kingdom for the sake of his kingdom. It's taking dominion. It's doing it right. It's doing what Adam failed to do. Please don't, please don't live your life in dysfunctional dominion. Please don't. I beg you not to do it. I want you to get in. I want you to get in the safety of the garden and not be out there with everybody else. This is an ark. And it seems like, you know, the whole community is lavish and beautiful and there's no rain. And it's so much better to not be inside the ark because animals are in there and they smell. And there's nothing particularly beautiful about the inside of an ark. It just seems so much more pleasurable to just go about your business, doesn't it? And just fritter around out there in the town and, and do it your way. But the day comes when the door shuts and you can't get in. And the day is coming and the door will shut and it's the door of your coffin. It's the door of your coffin. You're temporary. He doesn't like your dominion. He's not going to let you have it. 
he is resisting you unless and until you repent and you take on a new nature and then you're a partner with him and he's resisting your enemies and he's helping you. Man, get in the ark, the rain is coming. Walk up to the angel with the flaming sword and say, I can come in, I can come in. I want us to go please to Matthew chapter six. While you're turning to Matthew six, this is dominion estranged from God's dysfunctional dominion. It's the acquisition of property, enjoyment of it, and in the center of your proverbial garden of Eden, dysfunctional dominion is everything that is temporary taking all of your attention and you orbit around it. It's the center of your universe is your finances, your job, your stuff, your dreams, all the stuff you want to do. That's dysfunctional dominion. And your sexuality and the enjoyment of sex, that's in the center of your proverbial garden if you have a born once mentality. Everything's in orbit about stuff and sex if you've just got a born once heart. Partnership with God, the true dominion mandate given in Genesis, reinitiated in the Great Commission. The acquisition of property and the exercise of your jurisdiction is done through the church on behalf of Christ's kingdom. The kingdom is the center of your garden. Intimacy with God and reproducing born-again people, filling up the earth with righteousness is your heartbeat. The kingdom is the center in a born-twice mentality. And the interesting thing about what Jesus is describing is that giving up your kingdom happens down here. And God's response to you being willing to give up your own kingdom in the place of his is that he gives you your own kingdom down here. And so when they came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. You don't necessarily need to read it out of your scriptures because many of you have committed this to memory. I want you to say it with me. I want you to stand with reverence. And we're going to pray the way that Jesus said to pray. But I'm not going to do it on the tempo that you might be accustomed to because there's a few phrases, there's a few things that Jesus said in his prayer that I want to pause. And I want you to really think about what it means. And Jesus said, this then is how you should pray. So this is the believer's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Where? Thy will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. Give us, when? This day. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Be very concerned. Be very prepared and do not be afraid. Be very concerned. Be very prepared. Do not be afraid. That's a good word. And I said, okay, Lord, not afraid. 
This has been Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. God himself blew on his tree so that there would be a light. Check out our website at beyondthewallsradio.com. Extra Ecclesium Nulla Salus. There is no salvation outside of the church. Thank you for tuning in. 